Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to inquiry, reflection, questions, possibilities, philosophical conundrums, uncovering dissonance, and a whole lot more. All in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be truly enlightened. Indeed, an hour dedicated to learning something more about ourselves, an hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. This is an hour for the open-minded, for where our search might take us, may provoke a level of insight that may just perturb our notion of what is real, what is tractable, what is consequential, and more. It is therefore an hour where we admit that our foregone conclusions could all be wrong, and in that way, truly open ourselves up to the plausibility of a new level of comprehension that in some way, somehow, may indeed lead to that elusive state known as enlightenment. All right, now every week I read a few of your letters as our way of paying homage to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and improve it in every way. Last week, our show featured the Toltec teachings of Don Miguel Ruiz and his five agreements. I made the point that the mind defines the universe, and Ruiz summed it up as the power of belief. From his book, The Fifth Agreement, quote, In truth, the power of your belief went into everything that you know, and since then, everything that you know has ruled your life, end quote. As my favorite, Robert Lang, puts it, quote, And what we know is so much less than what there is. And to that precise extent, we are so much less than what we are. Our guest today will be addressing at some point this idea of belief and its role in what you come to know. But I'm getting ahead of myself, so back to our letters. Jane wrote, I think you are bang on in your observations, and I love your understanding of the mind, that mysterious thing that we all have. Your sense of inquiry is the enlightenment. The results provocative, intelligent, educational, directional, and awakening. Your Hay House radio show is always a must-listen-to show for me. Thank you. I heard Christian Northrup say this phrase, energy follows awareness. I am liking that twist on the words and think there is something to discuss there. We are framed by our understanding of awareness. Would you agree? Well, Jane, I absolutely do agree. There's no doubt about that. And I want to thank you for your marvelous letter. Melissa wrote, Hi, Eldon. Thank you for the wonderful mental salvation you bring to the world. You truly are an angel in a human body. Thank you for the downloads. At this point in time, I will be saving them till my MP3 arrives. Okay, Melissa is speaking of our own form of pay it forward, and that is the free MP3s that we make available. Now, normally, I would send you to eldentaylor.com to access these programs. But until Network Solutions solves their problem, you can still get all of these programs by going to intertalk.com. Once there, use the left-hand navigation pane and select free programs. These are the real deal. There are patented and scientifically proven effective Intertalk technology. Indeed, Intertalk has been studied by numerous researchers at leading institutions such as Stanford, for that matter, by governments, and repeatedly demonstrated effective. These are not samples. Again, this is the real deal, and they're there for you to download at absolutely no cost to you. 
Now, JB wrote, Hi, Eldon, just a quick question. I have started using InnerTalk for problem drinking. After a few days of using it, I have found I'm completely indifferent to drinking. I don't really even want to drink, and when I did, I didn't enjoy it. My question, can it really be that simple to change, and will it last from your experience? I'm listening to the CD every day while driving. The results have been great so far, so thank you very much for what you have done for me. Well, the answer, JB, is yes, it can be that simple. Very often, it only takes a slight change in context to change everything. My favorite example of this is your saliva. I have repeated this example many times, but here it is again. Just think of the saliva in your mouth for a moment. Notice how good it is. Now imagine spitting some of it into a small glass. Okay, look at it in the glass and drink it back. If you're like the vast majority of people, the spit in the mouth is great. But once it is in the glass, the thought of drinking spit is simply repugnant. A slight change of context, just tweak it a little, can change the entire world for us, and that includes our so-called habits and addictions. So, thanks for the letter, JB. Now, Daniela wrote, Quite a while ago, I bought your book, Mind Programming. I listened to the Intertalk CD, Serenity, that came with a book very regularly. It helps me to calm down and to keep going. When I don't listen for a week or so, I start feeling uncomfortable again without at first realizing why. I have a question. When I feel stressed, I notice that I start hearing your CD in my mind, and it starts completely involuntarily, but I do have control to stop it. It seems that it takes my mind off the stressful situation, so I don't stop it. But does my brain also feed me the subliminal messages that go with the music? In other words, is my brain giving me the whole package or just the music? I would think it is the whole package since our memory and emotions are connected. So after a while, we wouldn't need the physical CD anymore. We'd just recall the music and the messages would come with it. Is that right? Okay. Now, here's what's going on, Daniela. You are experiencing a conditioned association that in many ways is not too different than a conditioned response, the kind we see in classical conditioning, Pavlov's dogs. And I'm sure you've heard about that. You know, condition the animal by ringing a bell and delivering food, ringing the bell and delivering food. And after 144 or so repetitions, what happens is you can ring the bell and the dog will salivate with or without the food. Uh, stress arises, and your mind associates relief with a CD serenity. This association itself should ameliorate the stress, but remember that you don't live in a vacuum. Everything that goes on around you can influence you, so if your circumstances are packed with stressful stimuli, negative people, and so forth, then getting the CD out from time to time is a good idea. Jacqueline wrote, I'm reading Mind Programming now and listening to the CD at my office. This is my first book by you that I have read, and I'm really enjoying it. The visualization techniques are wonderful. I've been told to visualize, but your instructions bring it vividly home to me. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Jacqueline. I appreciate that feedback. Now, this next letter is from a gentleman that truly opened himself up to inquiry after reading my book, What Does That Mean?, we have exchanged some emails in the past, and even if even if your letter doesn't make the air, I do try and, and answer them, and I do read them all. But, so Craig wrote, greetings. I thought I would leave you an update as to what's going on here since I started looking inside. 
I was out of town a few weeks ago and was awakened by a clear voice. No one else was in the room. If you've read my book, you know how important this is. I heard, how do you know your dreams are not real? It really made me think. I have been spending time at a Zen monastery not too far from my home. The nuns there are a hoot. I was helping them clean up the grounds and selling the scrap metal they have around. The problem being is they will not take the money, so I slip it into the donations box. I wish I had the words to tell you how much you and your work has changed my life. Take care and thanks again. Well, you know, thank you, Craig, both for the email and for the new warm fuzzy that I can add. Truly, thank you. It's amazing what we discover when we truly learn how to look inside. Eric wrote, What I have read and heard from Mr. Taylor has been nothing short of astonishing. I have read three of Eldon's books and can't get enough. I finally feel as though things are starting to make sense in my life after many years of struggle. My only wish is that I could purchase all of these remarkable InterTalk programs. Well, thank you very much, Eric. And remember, to take advantage of all the programs that we do make available free at InterTalk.com. And lastly... Gabriella wrote, Love you, Eldon. Just discovered you and your teaching this year, and I am ravenous for more. I like that word, Gabriella. I like that word. Love your radio show as well. Thank you for your work. You are truly one of the pioneers of a new way of life. Well, thank you very much, Gabriella. Gabriella, I'll do my best to live up to your expectation. Okay. We receive a lot of letters, and I simply cannot read them all on the air, although I enjoy them very much, and I would, but I want you to know that I do read them. They are important, and I invite you all to opine by leaving your comments on my website, emailing me at eldon at intertalk.com, E-L-D-O-N at intertalk, I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com, and or by joining me on Facebook. Your letters do impact our programming, so thank you. Now to today's subject. Can it really be as simple as 10 secrets that are guaranteed to transform anyone's life? 10 secrets later and your dreams will all be fulfilled? Well, Michael Neal believes this is so, and that's what his best-selling book, Super Coach, 10 Secrets to Transform Anyone's Life, is all about. If you pay any attention to what the reviewers are saying about this book... You come quickly to the conclusion that Michael makes good on his promises. For everyone loves the book. Excuse me. I love the tagline given by Jeff Hensel. If Superman needed a coach, he'd hire Michael Neal. You know, I have not reviewed this book formally, but I've read this book, and it is a marvelous read. Highly recommended. Michael's not a stranger to many of you since he hosts his own radio show right here on HayHouseRadio.com. I first met Michael about three years ago at an I Can Do It event when we shared ideas on a show hosted by Diane Ray. His wit and humor are brilliant, as is his keen awareness regarding just how important the things you say to yourself are. Before I welcome Michael to the show, let me remind you that you can phone in and talk to him personally. Join us with your questions and comments. All right, Michael Neal is an internationally renowned success coach and the best-selling author of You Can Have What You Want, Feel Happy Now, and the Effortless Success audio program. He has spent the past 20 years as a coach, advisor, friend, mentor, and creative spark plug to celebrities, CEOs, royalty, and people who want to get more out of their lives. His book has been translated into eight languages, and his public talks and seminars 
have been well received at the United Nations and on five continents around the country. He has a brand new program, Have an Average Day, and we'll be talking to him about that. So without any further introduction, welcome to Provocative Enlightenment, Mr. Michael Neal. Thank you very much. I, I, I almost heard like trumpets blaring in the background. It's very impressive. Yeah, I forgot that. Doggone it, I'll have him <laughs> next time, Michael. It was How are there. you today, sir? I'm very well, thank you. Before we went on the air, you were telling me that you have been at it since 5 a.m. doing one after another. Is that right? It is. Today is International Have an Average Day Day. And so uh, we've been uh, we've been explaining exactly what that means to people uh, uh, pretty much all over the all over the country so far today. Well, you know, I mean, this is a brand new idea. It is your idea. You're launching this idea, this international have an average day. I love the idea. So, you know, come on, tell us about it. Well, one of the things that I've discovered in my work over the years, and it's of, of all the things that I've ever done, I get more male feedback on live events from particularly high school students, college students and parents about this one concept, which, which is this idea that instead of trying to always be exceptional and always striving to do your best and always struggling to really get everything out of yourself, that, that if you're willing to just show up each day, take the next step, enjoy it as best you can, you'll have your ups, you'll have your downs, but you really can create a phenomenal amount in the world while still enjoying every minute of the day. And, and, you know, I call it just Have an Average Day. And uh, we've created a new site at haveanaverageday.org. And uh, it, it's, there's nothing to sign up for. It's just really a chance to take the day off from struggling, take the day off from trying so hard, and discover just how much you can get done just by showing up. So on your average day, you expect trumpets? Uh, well, look, expect, <laughs> look forward to, you know, we're, we're you, you know, potato, potato. But I... I think the thing is, average days have highs and lows. They have th- you, there are things that go your way. There are things that don't. There are things you do really well, and there are things you mess up. And it only becomes a problem if you think it's supposed to all be trumpets all day long. Because that's you where know, it becomes... Amazing, yeah. I was just going to say, isn't it amazing how many people uh, have difficulties just accepting what we might call false? I mean, they're not really false, but I think of it as, in fact, I have a chapter in a new book that I'm working on that is called Accepting Your Flaws, uh, because there's a lot of great good that comes from just accepting yourself as who you are. Yeah, but I mean, only if you're human and only if you live on planet Earth. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Hey, you know, you're already lighting up our phone lines. Let me, uh, for those uh, in our audience that don't know you're a radio host with Hay House, that's probably not too many, but those that listen to me regularly, how about introducing yourself to them by telling us a little bit about your roots, your upbringing, and how and why you became a personal coach? Well, I, I got into this for, I, some people think this is a strange reason. It makes perfect sense to me, but then it would because I did it. But I, I started out as a depressed suicidal teen. And I got interested in in the mind purely to not die. In other words, there was nothing noble in it. There was no even particular curiosity at first. It was just practical. And what that did is that let me sort through very quickly and ignore things like, well, is the person saying this qualified? Or, you know, does this come from a legitimate source? And is this scientifically backed up? And just go, does this work? And that one question has really informed what I've done for the past 20 years. And it was quite nice that as I discovered the things that made a difference in my life, I also found that there were enough universals, and these sort of ten secrets in Supercoach really speak to what's at the core of these universals, 
that really made that kind of difference in anyone's life, even if they didn't start in quite as bad a place as I did. And and that's sort of become my life is sharing that with other people, and and it's a it's a joy to do. Yeah, I like that. Does it work? That's uh, what William James called the pragmatic approach. You know, that's the most important aspect of everything that we learn in life, isn't it? You say in your book that there are three levels of change. <clears throat> How about delineating and describing those three levels for us? Sure. I mean, the first level would be what we'd normally call a behavioral change, where you, you're, you're really just trying to go in and change a behavior, and, and usually almost in isolation. It's like, I just want to stop biting my nails. I just want to stop doing this. I just want to change this habit. And it is possible up to a point through behavior mod, through, uh, through, through just literal repetition and, and habit forming and habit breaking type techniques, to make a shift in that. It usually takes effort. It takes will. I, I work also a lot with people uh, dealing with addiction. That's just a function of working in Hollywood, I think. And, and you know, the people who try and make the change that way, they can make the change that way. But it really is a struggle. At the second level, that's the, the psychological change, where they're just trying to change their thinking. And again, it can be incredibly powerful when you can replace one program with another program. And, and, you know, I know this is one of the things you do brilliantly for people through your, through your, your audios. It, it, it does. It changes the way the brain thinks, and it changes the pattern, and the behavior sort of changes as a result of the thought. It still takes an amount of time and amount of repetition. The third level of change, and this isn't to put the other two down, but there is a third level of change, and it's changed through spiritual insight. It's the transformative level. It's when I talk about super coaching, what I'm really talking about is spiritual coaching, coaching from the level of spirit. And when that happens, and I'm sure you know people this has happened for, and it may have even happened through the device of a tape, or through somebody even listening to your show, or through a talk, or through a conversation, where somebody simply sees it for the first time differently. And, and the example of that with addiction is, for most people I know who try to force a change at a behavioral or psychological level around an addiction, they still see the, the drug or the alcohol or the sex or the gambling or whatever it is as a wonderful thing that makes them feel so good, but they know it's bad for them, so they've got to stop. And when that insight happens, it's as though whatever the thing that they thought was so wonderful now actually looks to them like rat poison, because they see that's the effect that it has on their body. And from that moment of that insight, that spiritual insight, they would no sooner take that drug or gamble that money or do that thing, then you or I would pick up a bottle of rat poison and drink it. That kind I, of spiritual I, change is effortless. I think of that as a context change, you know, and you probably heard me in the setup piece where we talked about saliva, but the, the real epiphanies, I totally agree with you, the real epiphanies that come in life uh, are of the spiritual. It is that shift from the the physical, the right now, the, the, the urgency that we tend to think of and what I sum up as the attitude of more, you know, more power, more money, more, 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 more. Uh, it, it, it is a shift from that to the spiritual that really gives us a look at the quintessential level of ourself and, 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 and so separates us from, from some of these more mundane, as, as we would call them, uh, addictions and and I absolutely agree because I think and the context shift is a shift from an outside in world where what happens on the outside determines our experience on the inside to an inside out world where what's going on inside us inside our minds 
creates what we perceive outside us, but also a shift that. from a world of form, a context of form where what I see and hear and feel and touch is what's real, to a formless world, which is the energetic everything, the soup, that it all kind of arises out of and fades back into. So I would completely agree with that description. You know, I love the way you use a Churchill quote in your book, all people occasionally, it is, I mean, you use it in the book, I'm quoting it, of course, uh, all people occasionally stumble across the truth, but most pick themselves up and continue as if nothing had happened. Well, the truth can be uh, terribly you, inconvenient. <laughs> isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? Uh, you know, the way you use that quote in the book is is kind of a slap in the face to the average person to realize that... You know, these things that trigger changes in your life happen to most of us on a pretty regular basis. We just ignore them. We're just too busy to stop and pay any attention. Is that your your observation, Michael? It, it is, but there's an innocence to that ignoring. In other words, it's not a deliberate, like, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, fingers in the ears right, and, and, and feet stamping. It's simply not knowing that that possibility is there. And, and for me, one of the most comforting things... It just it it, it, I, it never ceases to bring more hope back into my life. Is you're only ever one thought away. It's it it no matter how long it took you to to get into whatever kind of mental machinations are going on in your head, you're only ever one thought away from peace. How very very well said. You know one of the things that I admire about you, Michael, is how you can take some complex ideas and make them very simple and make them, you know, make everything have fun while we're at it. So tell us about the art and science of make-believe and what that has to do with... Well, actually, I'm going to have to have you hold that. We'll talk about it after we come back from the break. How's that? Thank the you. art it's, and... It's a tease. It's a tease. I'll come back this it, way. It is. It is a tease. So when we come back, you'll tell us about the art and science of make-believe and what that has to do with transformation, right? Absolutely. So we can be kids all grown up today having an average day, right? Sounds like a great plan. Now, if I can find trumpets during the break, I'll have them when we come back, Michael. Much appreciated, right. sir. You're listening to Provocative Enlightenment on Hay House Radio. My special guest today is Mr. Michael Neal. We hope you're having a wonderful average day. We are discussing his great book, Super Coach, Ten Secrets to Transform Anyone's Life. We'll be right back after these words from our friends. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. InnerTalk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier. From losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Every day, every moment, we face choices. 
Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions, now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. If you just joined us, we're discussing Supercoach, 10 Secrets to Transform Anyone's Life with the author Michael Neal. A great book, great read, fun, and, and really revealing. I, I strongly recommend this book. But before we get back to today's show, I want to remind you to sign up for my free newsletter. When you receive my newsletter, you not only gain access to great articles and timely news, but you will always know where I am and what's on next. You can sign up for the free newsletter by going to intertalk.com, I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com, and once there, be sure to check out all the content. We have a lot of material there that is yours for the downloading, books, audio and video, and more, including an online hypnosis session. So try it all out. I think think of the site as a resource and that everyone can use from time to time. Now, hopefully, we'll have eldentaylor.com back up by next week. But until then, again, really enjoy the extra content at intertalk.com. Okay, I would also like to invite you all to become fans of Provocative Enlightenment on Facebook. You can stay appraised of all of our events this way, so I hope you will join us on Facebook. Now back to our show. Before we went to the break, uh, we had we had our teas. Michael and I were talking about um, how you how you going to have fun with make believe and and what make you know how to use the art and science science I'll put in quotation marks there of make believe and what that has to do with transformation. So, Michael, what does it have to do and how do we use it? Well, it, it's an interesting thing because it's it's not even so much something to use as that when you see how it works, it begins to lose its hold over you. You know, I know you talk about in, in some of your writings, uh, especially some of the early writings that I, 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 you know, I hate to say I grew up with, but I, you know, I read very early on in my studies, and and there's a sort of a a, a cultural hypnosis that that we we all go under, and we don't question certain ideas. There are some ideas that we go, well, do I think that or not? But then there's all these other ideas, these implicit myths within our culture that we just accept and take on, and they shape what we see and don't see, like negative hallucination and positive hallucination and hypnosis. Mm-hmm. And for me, my, my first breakthrough where I saw that, I, I used to be an actor, and I was doing a production of West Side Story, and I was playing a character named Pepe, and uh, one of the Puerto Rican gangs. And There's this great number for anyone who's, who's not seen the show. Most people uh, have some experience of West Side Story. It's sort of Romeo and Juliet with gangs. And, uh, great. You know, there's the dance at the gym, and we're all out there going, ay, 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 chee, 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 and just sort of doing our what white guys think Puerto Ricans sound like thing. And uh, <laughs> and and the two scenes later is the rumble, the big fight. And for the first time, I'd been doing this show for months, so we could almost do it on automatic. And And for the first time it had ever happened, one of the American gang members comes out on stage and starts making fun of the way we had been dancing and going, ay, 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 chee, 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 and... I got so furious that I wanted to leap across the stage and kill him. 
And at the same time as that happened, fortunately, I had a little like extra dissociative experience where I went, now that's interesting because I'm not really Puerto Rican. He's actually my friend in real life. And this is just a play. But I noticed that the emotions that I felt were every bit as real and strong as any emotion I had ever felt in my life. And that really started me to become aware of how much of my experience of life was actually being shaped through my thoughts and beliefs and not direct as I thought it had from what was going on outside me. And, and the power of make-believe, you know, uh, the art, and sure, I'll use the air quotes around science too, of make-believe, is that when you can see that almost everything that you're experiencing is thought, you're experiencing your own thinking, not the world directly, it loses its power over you. You stop being a victim of it. It's not that it goes away or that, that you know, suddenly you, you to completely see clearly and you're completely enlightened and you never get caught up in it again. It just creates enough distance between your thoughts and you that you're no longer as hypnotized or as asleep as you were before. And that's the real power is that as you see that process in action, as you see how your thoughts are directly creating your emotional and, and even physical experiences of what's going on around you, it becomes easier and easier to step back from them and make different choices. And, and there's an incredible, incredible power in not hitting life as a victim, but in seeing that it's, it's an experience that's being created through your own thinking. You know, in your book, you have a, a marvelous line, and, and 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 from the line, I actually created my own little line, but you, you say, it's not what happens, but what we think about what happens that determines our experience. I would add this little caveat suggested to you, see how it goes down, consistent with what you just said. It's not always the thoughts we have, but what we think of the thoughts that determines our experience i would say that's absolutely right because it is as long as the thought seems real for me that you know we spend an awful lot of time getting caught up in trying to think the right thoughts and i think a better metaphor for it is it's a tv set that's on in the corner of your brain those kind of thoughts and yes yeah. sometimes it's on a channel that you don't really like and it get you and you get caught up in it and sometimes it's on a channel that you really do like and you get caught up on it but it's still just a TV set on in the corner. And there's a whole nother level of experience, what we might call a spiritual level of experience, where whether the thoughts are positive or negative isn't really having much of an impact at that level. And, and so I would completely agree. It's, it's what you think of what you think. If, what you, if you think what you think is real, best example of this, I was on a sh TV show in uh, London years ago called Put It to the Test. And they, uh -huh. they brought out three spider phobics. And, uh, and they hooked them up to EEG and EKG machines. And they, they, they wanted me to do my, my phobia cure thing on them uh, without the southern accent because we were in England. But that's kind of how they talked about it. Like, do your thing. And for me, the breakthrough moment in my own understanding of how this all works was in the dress rehearsal. Because they brought out, the stage manager brought out a clear plastic container with nothing in it. And said to these people who were hooked up to these machines, now during the actual show, we're going to have tarantulas in here. And all three of them spiked. The alarms went off on the machine. The little arm that moves up and down started moving up and down like crazy. And, and right. it became really clear to me in that moment that you're not afraid of what you think you're afraid of. You're afraid of what you think. And it is because those thoughts appear real to you. 
And as long as those thoughts appear real, you're, you're going to respond to them as if they are real. And that really is that deeper understanding of make-believe, uh, which is the world we're all living in. I love it. I love your approach. Let's uh, let's take a call or two as we uh, as we promised before we went to the break. Online two from uh, Ontario, Canada. We have, uh, gee, I'm not even going to venture. How, tell me how to say your name, please. Sagantula. Welcome to the show. Yeah. How are you? Have you? a question for us? Great. Yeah. Yes, I actually have. Uh, after listening to you, I've changed my question, but I, I hope that is okay. Uh, of course. Okay, I am a meditator and a yoga teacher. Uh, I practice and um, and I follow gurus and stuff like that. And um, my question is, um, if we are so evolved, if um, the very nature of our being is is uh, it's uh, is evolvement, and we have come here on planet Earth to evolve, and uh, Money should not be um, asked by the gurus to actually show you the way. Then why do they do it? By very nature, you are an evolved being. So why uh, try to evolve yourself and give all this? Sure, Eldon. Do you mind if I have a first crack at that? Yep. No, no, that question uh, is for you, Michael. Okay, so, so uh, is it Seguntala? Yes, that's right. I'm so proud of me. Um, <laughs> Sakuntala, here's, here's my experience, and I won't speak for the gurus, because everyone's different, and, mm-hmm. and people have different motivations. Right. I've, been a, I've been a professional life coach now for 20 years. Right. I used to charge 33 pounds for somebody to come and sit down with me. Okay. It, it, it now costs $60,000. Okay. Here's, here's what I've noticed. Right. When people pay $60,000... They actually listen. Right. So I, I'm, I'm not pretending that it's this wonderful, completely selfless thing of me to charge all that money. Mm-hmm. But I pay a coach $150,000 to sit down with him. Mm-hmm. And can I tell you what? I've never missed a session and I never will. Because you have the very fact that you are paying for it. Because I've made, in, in, in the Western world, mm-hmm. we do have money as an important thing. And as something that really matters. And so if you ask somebody to make a financial commitment, Mm -hmm. they will often show up in a way far beyond the way they would show up if you were giving it away. Now, I learned learned this the hard way. I used to try and give it all away. And, And what I found personally was a lot of the time what I had to say, even though I was saying the same things, fell on deaf ears. It's not to say that I charge everybody and it's not to say that you have to charge a certain amount. Mm-hmm. But there is an element of commitment in the Western world that's most easily purchased through mm-hmm. charging money. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I, I don't know if, if Eldon, if you have a different take on that, but that's that's my experience. Uh, I, I don't. I, you know, unfortunately, I do think that you you're right on. I mean, and I say unfortunately because uh, it's a shame that we value uh, money uh, much more than we value enlightenment and it's a shame that you know for many individuals michael but for say your appearance in a radio show such as this access that louise hay makes to everybody through a hay house radio they're just simply not going to be able to reach to you and and gain from you what they might otherwise be able to if they had that sixty thousand dollar fee so you know I, i i say that all feeling 
a shame that indeed that is where the world is but you are absolutely right and and you know the for me the the thing that makes that not a problem exists on two levels one is and i know you do this as well we we write books not not just because we so want to express but it's a way to let people get access to us we do these shows we're not well compensated for these shows we do them because we want people to be able to have access to this we do uh, I, I don't know eldon but I'm, I'm sure you do I, i've been at one with you you know we do public events that are very low cost so that people can have access i write a free newsletter eldon writes a free newsletter so so it it is a case of you find your own way and that's why i can't speak for other gurus no i, I, I was not talking in te- you know in context to uh, the western uh, it's normally the eastern gurus they come and they they, you know, siphon money out of you by saying this and that, and because we are so vulnerable to to be enlightened, everybody wants to be enlightened. But by by the very nature, you are enlightened. Why we have to give them all this money to be enlightened? Sure, That's and 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 unfortunately, there are also people who have just figured out that it's a good gig. It's a, yeah, it's, a, it's a kind of a business, right? Sure, and and yeah. and I, you know, that's why I think you have to take each 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 person, each guru individually. Right. Um, My beautiful wife, who is from India, will tell you there's one on every corner, and most of them are frauds. Exactly. Thank you very much for your for your phone call. Thank you, no Sagundala. Thank you. Take care. All right. Let's let's take uh, line three. We have Mary from Hammond, Indiana. Uh, well, welcome to the show, Mary. Well, thank you very much. It's so wonderful to be able to talk to you and get some helpful advice. Thank you. I'm calling because I'm, I have a question about uh, making a move. I know I need to make a move out of my house, and yet I have this fear that I don't have enough money yet, and yet I have the question, well, when will I have enough money, and how much will that be? So um, I know if I really had to move, I could move right now. But I'm comfortable enough where I'm living right now where there's that gray area of when is the right time and how much money will I need. So, Mary, can I ask you a couple quick questions? Sure. Well, one one is why why do you know to move? What's that knowing about? Um, It's the end of a relationship, the end of my marriage. Okay. And and, uh, then... So, so if I, I just want to play this back to make sure that I'm hearing you correctly. So, so your relationship is ending, has ended, um, and you're still living in the in the same house as the person that you're married to, and that just right. We haven't uh, been officially divorced yet, but okay. yeah, I know the relationship is over. Okay. So here's here's just, and this is a, a very general answer to a very specific question, but hopefully you'll find it useful. I, I find it incredibly useful to recognize that money is not really very much different to paint. It's something that's very useful if you have something you want to paint with it, but otherwise it just sits in the closet. And, and you know, for me, I would always kind of check the question and kind of go, well, let's see, I've got enough, pa- I've got enough paint to paint this room that I want to paint, but I'm worried that I only have a little bit of paint left after that. It, it, that that wouldn't even kind of make sense as a way of thinking. But because we don't see money as a commodity, we see money as something that that's very hard to get and that other people have and we don't and that we really have to struggle for. We we, we kind of give it these these magical properties of uh, almost like it's oxygen and I, I better hang on to the oxygen because there's only a limited amount of oxygen in the elevator and if I run out of oxygen then it's going to be horrible and I'm going to die! <laughs> and you ever have thoughts like that around money? Uh... 
Yeah. Yeah. And most that's again, it's only because you're human, and it's only because you live on the planet Earth. But the the reality is, as you learn that your security, your well-being, it does not come from something outside of you. It doesn't come from your home. It doesn't come from the amount of money that you've got in the bank. It actually comes from a very deep place inside you. It comes from, as Eldon was saying, a spiritual context for your life. Then making financial decisions becomes much more straightforward. If you don't have the money, well, then you need more money. If you do have the money, then great. And all that other noise around it about, well, but what if this and what if that, it starts to just fade away. And you can really hear that still small voice of wisdom inside you that will let you know exactly when the right time is. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've been listening for uh, that voice and, and looking for signs and doing that kind of thing, but I, um, I'm still having a hard time uh, knowing when is the right time to leap and if it's just my fear holding me back or if I do have a legitimate concern that I'm not able to financially stand on my own two feet yet. How would you know? That's, that's the question I have. How would I know? So here's, I'm going to suggest something a little radical to you, Mary, if you're up for it. Okay. Okay. Is you can't know. I mean, you know, we have a lot of um, wonderful and very gifted psychics who work here at Hay House. Okay. Very few of them would stake major financial investments on their predictions of the future. And that's not because they're bad psychics. (laughs) It's just because the future is uncertain. Whether you want to say it's unwritten, it's undetermined, it's difficult to see, whatever the reason is. Even Even the people who are paid to predict the future are only uh, successful to a limited point. So that makes that, for me, when I look at that, I go, well, obviously, predicting the future is not a great way to make decisions because it's too hard to do. So then I have to look at what is the basis from which I'm going to make decisions. And if my well-being isn't on the line, if making one decision isn't going to ruin my life and making another isn't going to save it, Mm -hmm. then the only criteria I've got left for making my decisions is do I want to? And what I've found in my work and in my life is that if you ask yourself that question and answer it as honestly as you can, knowing that sometimes you're going to get caught up and confused and fearful and all that, but do I want to? What you'll find is a lot of the time you get a very clear yes, and a lot of the time you get a very clear no. And when you don't have either a clear yes or a clear no, ask again later, like the magic eight ball. Yeah. Okay. So just for you right now, do do you want to move this month? Do I want to move this month? Mm Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, I'm thinking I do. Okay, well, that's good to know, isn't it? Thanks for your call, Mary. Thank you so much for the clarity. You're very welcome. Bye-bye. $60,000 worth there, right there, Michael. (laughs) Yours free, ladies and gentlemen, and not even any trumpets. (laughs) Yeah, no, I couldn't find one. Sorry about that. That's all right. (laughs) All right, let's, let's, uh, let's go to line four and take a phone call from Frankie in Florida. Frankie, you have a question for Michael. Yes, hi. Thank you so much for taking my call. Um, Our pleasure. I, I have gone through a lot of physical loss this last year, my husband's accidental death, the death of my dog, and pretty much all my finances gone. So I've been going step by step, inch by inch, trying to, you know, tie up all my little loose ends, and I will be moving um, out of where I'm living now probably next month. So it's pretty much where where I'm kind of asking for some guidance is I'm going to have to really restart my whole life all over again. And I'm like 
I'm in my 60s, and I know, you know, it doesn't really matter, but it's still a little scary for me, and it will be the first time I'm on on my own making decisions. And, um, you know, some of the things you've said to the previous callers have been very insightful for me, especially about the finances. But um, if there's any other guidance, I would so appreciate it. Sure. Well, the the first thing I would say is I'm, I'm, I'm very sorry you've had a crop year. Um, you know, I, I, uh, uh, one of the teachers that I learned a lot from is a guy named Sid Banks, and he used to say life is a contact sport, and being enlightened or unenlightened doesn't make doesn't make it less so. Um, enlightened enlightened bodies still die, enlightened forms still crumble. Uh, the enlightenment is about your understanding of what's real beyond the form. It doesn't actually make the rules of the world of form any different. Um, so, you know, just know that, you know, as somebody living in a form, I, I'm sorry for your losses. Thank you. That's sweet. Thank you. The, the, the thing that I would say on the flip of that is, oh man, you have never been freer in your life. You have an opportunity probably for the first time in your entire life to really create your future from, from zero from a place where you can go in any direction and you're not sort of railroaded down a path that you started on five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So what I would encourage you to do, and I just did a show on this this week, and if you can find it in the archives, it was called Starting From Nothing. But what I would really encourage you to do is take some time in that open space. Don't be too quick to try and shape it, to try and decide, okay, I need to go this way or I need to go that way. Obviously, make sure that your basic needs are being met. Make sure that you're going to be able to eat. Make sure you've got a place to sleep. Make sure that you're safe. But beyond that, I wouldn't be too quick to rush into the next thing just to get that feeling of, of certainty. That feeling of, well, at least I know where I'm going, even if it's somewhere I don't really want to go. Mm-hmm. Because what I've found from experience is that when you allow that freedom to infuse your being, then there's an unfolding that starts to happen. I actually call it your soul path, where you start to be guided step by step, not necessarily all at once, not necessarily knowing where it's taking you, but just through your own joy and your, through your own peace and through your own wisdom, the next step gets revealed, and then the next, and then the next. And all you got to do is be willing to hang out in that freedom for a little while and not to be too quick to, to, to shut it down. Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. And, you know, on some levels, of course, I know that it is a blessing that I am able to start over and do the soul path. It's, uh, you know, just those moments of little waves of grief that kind of, yeah. like, one and, step up and two back. And, and that's when I talk about half an average day, which we were talking about in the first half of the show, understand that you're, you're an average person just like me, and when people die, you're going to feel sad, and when stuff you don't want to have happen happens, you're probably going to be knocked off balance by it but that you're also a human being and an average human being just like me, and you're going to bounce back, and you're going to recover, and you're going to find your equilibrium again, and you're going to have good days. Mm-hmm. Thank okay. you for your call, Frankie. Well, thank you. We're so running much. out of time, Michael. <clears throat> I want everybody to, now, first of all, for, for Frankie and the rest of the listening audience, the show that's in the archive is starting over it's, from nothing? It's called Just Starting from Nothing. It's the most recent Starting show, from nothing. Uh, um, from the Supercoach show. My show on and that Netflix. would be in from last week on Hay House Radio. That's right. 
All right, cool. Everybody's going to want to check that out. And then we're all going to want to check out haveanaverageday.org. Have I got that right? That's right, haveanaverageday.org. And, okay, uh, and we have links at intertalk.com forward slash chat to your books and to your website, but give those to everybody now so we're sure they can contact sure. the you. The easiest place to find me is go to geniuscatalyst.com, and uh, it's sort of like my sandbox on the web, and there's lots of free audios and videos and uh, tips and all sorts of stuff that you can just begin to play with, and, uh, and, and you know if you like what we've been talking about, you'll find more of it there. All right, and we're sorry for all of you that called that we were unable to take your calls or get your your comments and questions out of the chat room. But we've come to the end of another hour of Provocative Enlightenment, and I want to thank you all for joining us. Hope you'll join us again same time next week. My guest next week is uh, media sensation Glennis McCants. Until then, remember, believing in yourself always matters.